Guys, as we get older, we all start to notice minor changes in sexual performance. It happens, but you can stop Mother Nature. Whether you're just starting to develop erectile dysfunction symptoms or are suffering from chronic ED, call Metro Men's Health. Skip the pills and injections. They're only temporary and lose effectiveness over time. Metro Men's Health treats the root cause of ED, lack of blood flow, so it works long-term. Metro Men's Health uses the most advanced and clinically proven wave therapy on the market to actually repair aging blood vessels and restore them to a younger you. Get your spontaneity and your confidence back with safe, effective treatment from Metro Men's Health. Visit MetroMensHealth.com or call 833-687-0700. Don't let ED get worse. Call Metro Men's Health today, 833-687-0700, 833-687-0700. Guys, as we get older, we all start to notice minor changes in sexual performance. It happens, but you can stop Mother Nature. Whether you're just starting to develop erectile dysfunction symptoms or are suffering from chronic ED, call Metro Men's Health. Skip the pills and injections. They're only temporary and lose effectiveness over time. Metro Men's Health treats the root cause of ED, lack of blood flow, so it works long-term. Metro Men's Health uses the most advanced and clinically proven wave therapy on the market to actually repair aging blood vessels and restore them to a younger you. Get your spontaneity and your confidence back with safe, effective treatment from Metro Men's Health. Visit MetroMensHealth.com or call 833-687-0700. Don't let ED get worse. Call Metro Men's Health today, 833-687-0700, 833-687-0700. On this episode of Trend Chat, this is part two of four shows from the Young Women's Leadership Summit. We have Amy Robbins, Leah Verdeck, and Adriana Sixto. So stick around and stay tuned. Welcome, everybody. Welcome to another episode of Trend Chat. I'm your host, Brian Bledsoe. And if you like to connect with us on social media, whether it's Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, it's all the same name, Trend Chat 24-7. We're trying to get get through as fast as possible because like on part one yesterday, we still got a number of interviews and I want to make sure all of them get in within the 45-minute mark because, you know, that's... That's all the time I have per day. So I just want to get through that. Um, make sure to let you know. I write for politichicks.com. If you want to read my articles, go to politichicks.com slash author slash Brian Bledsoe. Also, the Founder Project. Make sure to go back. If you want to get more details about the Founder Project, go to um, our podcast two, uh, a couple of weeks ago where we talked with Maggie Dine to, and we went over the details as far as what the founder project is all about but shortly i would just say they are bringing civics to citizens and they are 
basically educating people on what it is to be a citizen of this country with the founding documents like the Constitution and Declaration of Independence. And like I said before, if you want more information, either go to the Facebook page, just go, just type in The Founder Project, and you should find them there. And, you know, listen to the podcast where we talk more in depth about The Founder Project. And, and speaking about the politics, I also don't want to forget about the book, Politics, A Clearing Call to Political Activism, which is available on Amazon and Barnes & Noble, which features over 300 pages on different subjects, whether it's healthcare, education, history, activism, um, from various contributors like myself of politics.com. So just wanted to make sure I, I would get that out there. Um, now, I guess another thing that was kind of been in, I guess, sticking in my mind that I kind of want to touch on before I start with the interviews is the Southern Baptist Convention, or the SBC is how I probably will refer to them, to them um, for the next couple of minutes. Uh, they had like a um, they had a resolution that basically wanted to renounce the alt right and white supremacy, and so this was like over about over a week ago. So I know it's not fresh fresh trending, I guess, but it's something that's just been in, on my mind. So um, I kind of well, for, well to get into the not getting well to not to get into details about it, but um, they proposed this resolution. It didn't pass. Then there was an outcry on social media. And, about it well and that's at the convention and so when it didn't pass then they they saw all the backlash and then they came back and looked at the resolution again and then it passed so now i can see it from both sides on the way i can definitely see where you have where you have you know black christians you know in the sbc that had wanted to pass this resolution and probably didn't see it as being much of a controversy. They were like, okay, this should be no, a no brainer. You know, they'll propose it, pass, and then just move on. Um, and then, but I also can see it on the other side to where they can, someone could get this and kind of ask the question that I'm asking. Actually, if I, if this came across for, across my desk in the committee or whatnot, I would think like, why, to, why this year of all years? Cause it will feel politically motivated to uh to have this sort of resolution because you're talking about the alt-right and white supremacy and whatnot and this is stuff that you could have brought up you know in a year in the past but all of a sudden it feels like it feels politically motivated mainly because of the the election last year and then with the election of um donald trump and all that and it, it just seems like it's just kind of playing into their perception of fear of this rise of the of white supremacy. And, and I can understand if someone like, I'm, you know, not one to pass something that kind of feels more like you're making a political statement than actually anything of substance towards race relations. Um, and I mean, cause that's how I, I kind of saw it when I first heard about this. I'm like, well, okay, why now? And another thing I was thinking of too, is that, you know they're bringing up different things um old doctrines and things that are that you know that i will say well i'll put it this way because i i can't say definitively like there's no one still adhering to the doctrine that they had in the in the resolution about the curse of ham doctrine as far as um seeing 
uh, blacks is lesser than and, and whatnot. And so, but who is no one of prominence that I can think of that is adhering to this doctrine. So you're going to sit there and make a resolution and spend all this energy on something that at the very least, you may have one person, a couple of people that no one even knows about. And no one that they did, they didn't bring an example of someone adhering to this doctrine either. So that's another thing. Like if, if it was such a big issue, then make the case and show an example, but they didn't show that they just kind of just going on this, like assuming saying, like, okay, this is a big issue. Um, because not, be, you know, not because you, you, so-and-so is, is out here and this, very popular of a known pastor or whatnot is 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 out here spewing with this or whatever like that no they just made the assumption like well it's no that it, that it is rampant that it is um as horrible as it's being perceived and um so you know it just kind of it just kind of feeds into kind of playing on the guilt of you know, they're white brothers and sisters, basically just kind of digging up old wounds and kind of bringing up in layman's terms. I would just say, why are you bringing up old stuff? You know, but now you're bringing this up again and just kind of just, you you know, you're just not going to never have any resolution to this in an, in the other sense. I mean, it, it feels like we've got to, that your white brothers and sisters have to always continue atoning for this <laughs> and basically it feels like they're bringing it up like every couple of years to keep bringing this back up like it's almost feel like a sort of a like a catholic thing where you got where they got to pay their penance for what has happened in the past and which most of these people had nothing to do with and and that, like i said this, and it just seemed the timing of it was very questionable guess bringing it up now after everything that happened last year with the election and, and whatnot. And I also think about it like this too. Would they have brought this resolution up if Hillary would have won? You know, that that's a question. I mean, you can't never really get an answer to it, but I, I feel like th- they wouldn't have felt like they needed to have this out there. If Hillary would have won last year, but anyway, so that's all I ha- what I was just thinking about. I just wanted to, get that off my brain um also yesterday the the special election of um the to replace the health and human services secretary tom price and karen handel beat john ossoff ossoff i really don't care if i said his name wrong or not um but yeah karen handel won which was kind of a little bit i I wasn't following the the race that closely, but it definitely was the most expensive race for a congressional seat in history. So, you know, you, you got that. But I, I know you had a lot of um, Hollywood celebrities out there endorsing them, and and like I said, there was a lot of money put into this race. And the, when the results came in, and that she won, and then just looking at Twitter. And all the people, you know, I, I remember seeing a tweet from Alyssa Milano talking about group hug. Everybody get in. You know, group hug goes kind of consoling each other. And it just kind of, it reminded me of last year when, you know, when Hitler lost, you know, when 
when Hillary Clinton lost and you saw those sad faces and everything, it just kind of brought that back again. You know, it just kind of just felt a little bit, you know, kind of people just sitting around together on, yeah, kind of, it's kind of how it sounded on Twitter a little bit, kind of like that. Um, this morning as well, I mean, I know I posted earlier on on uh, Instagram or Twitter of me drinking some liberal tears, so it kind of felt like I was drinking a little bit of them little baby liberal tears there. Yeah, yeah, it kind of, you know, yeah, they, yeah, that's kind of like the overall tone of how it sounded on, on, um, <laughs> on social media. So, anyway, just wanted to say that right quick. But all right, let's get to our interviews. First off, we're gonna start off with Amy Robbins. And so we got a chance to speak with her for a couple of minutes at the Young Women's Leadership Summit. And here's our interview with her. Hello, this is Trent Chat, and we are pleased to have Amy Robbins with us. And she is with Alexo Athletica. That's good job. Right. First time. Exactly. First time. And you knocked that out of the park. So good to be here with you. Thank you for doing this. Yes. And um, when I first saw you, you like, yes, I'm Amy. No, I know who you are because I I am a very frequent viewer of Noir. And, and I have watched it from the first season and you were in the first two? I did the first two seasons, yeah. yes. I did the first two seasons of Noir, one of the best times of my life, and it actually was the catalyst for everything that I'm doing right now. Working with Coleon and working with Lasort was just that catalyst that I needed to really get into firearms, and it's kind of what inspired me to make this Alexo line, actually. And tell us everything about Alexo. Well, I would love to tell you all about Alexo. So, when I started um, working with the show, I was not a concealed carrier. I didn't understand it. I didn't really get why people needed to feel like they needed a gun on them at all time. I definitely supported your right to do so if that's what you wanted, but I never personally for myself thought that it was something that I needed, even though I was always running by myself on dark country roads, you know. And so when I did get my concealed carry license and I started practicing carrying in different places and everything, I realized, you know what? Actually, when you were running as a woman or you're outside or you're by yourself, that's one of the most vulnerable times that you could, something could happen to you. And so I wanted to have my firearm with me when I went running, but there was nothing on the market that was cute enough and there was nothing on the market that was functional enough to be able to do that. And so um, I basically just said, if it's not there, then I'm going to create it. And that's how I came up with this. And we were, we were thinking of what did we want to name it? And we found out that in Greek, Alexo actually means strength and defense. And so we called it Alexo Athletica. So it's an active wear line um, that is conducive to concealed carry if you choose to, to put a firearm in your pants or if you want to carry your mace or if you want to carry a whistle, we have pockets and functionality to be able to do that as well. Okay. And um, so, and how... Can anyone, you know, get a Yeah, so right now, actually, we are launching in September. We're taking, we're here at the Young Women's Leadership Summit, and so we're taking pre-orders right now. Um, so anyone that wants to pre-order, you can actually go to our website, Alexo, that's A-L-E-X-O, Athletica, A-T-H-L-E-T-I-C-A dot com. <laughs> okay. Now, I just want to make sure so everyone can, could know, but um, I, I want to mention 
I guess, so how many times have you, uh, I guess, been to the Young Women's Leadership Summit? This is my very first time, actually. We are partnering up with Antonia Okafor and her group that she's starting called Empowered, because we're both like-minded. We believe that young women should have the right to choose how they want to defend themselves. And so she's going to be going on all the college campuses, doing a tour in the fall, and we, Alexo and Empowered are teaming up and going to be going and doing that tour together. So, yeah, this is my, that's why they invited me to come and, and do this Leadership Summit. Okay, and I noticed that the the theme has been be bold, be principled, be a leader, Mm -hmm. and I think I've forgotten one, but, well, how would you encourage other young women who are maybe on the fence as far as being politically active, how would you encourage them to... to step forward? Oh, gosh, that's actually a really great question. Um, Well, I think doing something like this, taking that first step, um, saying, you know what, I'm not going to just be status quo. I'm not going to, you have to be bold. I think that is a really great message that they are putting out here. I've been extremely encouraged by all of the young women I'm seeing um, because I see, I do see the future leaders. And these women are principled. They've got great morals. They are not afraid to stand out from the crowd. And I would just tell them, keep on doing that. It's important. We need women who are going to stand up and be bold and courageous and speak what they believe. So just keep doing it and take that first step. And coming to this summit, I think, is a good first step for a lot of them. Yep, and uh, thank you, Amy, for your time. Thank you so much. This was fun. And thanks, Amy, for joining us. And I guess to stay in the subject of guns, we're going to talk with the owner of Bullets and Bombshells Gun Society, Leah Verde. And so without any further ado, here's our interview with Leah. Hello, this is Trent Chat. I'm your host, Brian Bledsoe, and we are pleased to have the owner of Bullets and Bombshells, Leah Verdict, with us. How are you doing? Great. How are you doing? All right. So just kind of give us some general information about the organization. Okay. Um, we are a clothing company who uh, set out to kind of change the image of what a gun owner looks like. Um, we are spreading the message that women are getting far more involved in the industry and we need to bridge that gap and make feel, women feel more comfortable and provide things that are very feminine within a very male-dominated world. Okay. So as far as... um, Now... Are you selling accessories as well, or is it just clothing? Well, we have shooting accessories. We have sparkly earmuffs that are Swarovskis. We have jewelry um, and a lot of clothing, and it's really just incorporating the love of our sport into our lifestyle. Um, yeah, and at the same time supporting other women who are out spreading the message with our bombshell squad. Um, we have a large squad of some of the most amazing women within the industry who are each doing something so individually important that um, they bring some, each bring something so fun to the table, and the collaboration of all of them has really become something pretty spectacular. Okay, and um, and if anyone doesn't know, we are at the Young Women's Leadership Summit, so um. Uh, as far as the event, how do you how are you enjoying everything? It's amazing. It exceeded my expectations. Um, we came to support Tommy Laren, and I am so fortunate to have a booth inside that I get to watch everyone speak. And the lineup has been incredible. They've had Ben Shapiro, Carly Fiorina was amazing this morning. Um, you know, Tommy obviously killed it, and uh, excited to see who else is coming. Okay, and um. And oh, I guess how long has Bullets and Bombshells been um, organized? I guess? We've been in business for a year and a half now. Okay. And the theme here is being being bold, being brave, being principled, and being a leader. So I guess the question I kind of want to ask everyone is how can everyone encourage other women to maybe want to 
go go forward and maybe on maybe on the fence as far as getting politically active? Well, the underlying theme is always support. Um, you know, supporting other women, even if you disagree at some level, we all have to compromise um, and come together. And that's where real solutions are found in any of these um, political concerns. I just encourage you to get loud, get active, and just make changes at your local level as best you can. Okay. So, so what else um, y'all have coming up? And um, actually, we're just getting into our quiet time now. We finished up um, SHOT Show. We're doing Dallas. We have some really cool, pretty large projects in the works, but they're behind the scenes, and I can't really disclose details yet, unfortunately, but it involves the entire squad and a film crew. <laughs> now, you say you can't disclose, but you kind of left that cliffhanger yeah, out there. There's, yeah, I... I that's about all I can say. Okay, so uh, it's really fun. <laughs> so, um, how can you know everyone reach you on social media? Um, we're at Bullets and Bombshells on Instagram, which is our primary social media. We're Bullets and Bombshells Gun Society on Facebook. Um, yeah, and then you can always drop us an email from our website, which is thebombshellcompany.com. Okay. Uh, thanks so much for your time. Thank you. Yeah, and thanks to Leah Ford for joining us, and uh, now want to get into kind of one of our longer conversations that um you know we talked with someone who is currently with Turn the Point USA and but she's also doing other things as well especially that that is impacting her community and in this sense the Hispanic community and so we got to talk to Drina Sixto and like I said we talked on a number of issues about basically like uh, her chapter in South Florida and far as the growth there and just, and also talking about how to recept, uh, reception for her. Cause she's a blogger with uh, Hispano post. I don't, I think I said that correct, but, um, um, so yeah, so we talked, uh, about a number of different topics. And so here's my interview with Drina. Hello, this is Trent Chat, and my name is Brian Bledsoe, and we're here at the Young Women's Leadership Summit, and we are pleased to have Darina Sixto with us. She is the South Florida Regional Director for Turner Point USA. How are you doing? I am doing great, and so I want to thank you for this opportunity to have this awesome interview after today's event. Yeah, and um, so I guess tell us about um, I, how, I guess how you feel about everything that has transpired so far in the past, well now, two days. Um, well, the political climate in the United States is is very tense. It's very uh, it's very polarized, and I think that Turning Point USA is kind of getting its conservative activists and the conservative youth in this country prepared for that uh, to battle that side and to be prepared for the vitriol and the hate that you know we've seen recently and to encourage them not to back down despite what we've seen uh, recently we know that that's what awaits our future because our ideas are so controversial to the left but that doesn't mean that they are wrong we have the right ideas we want to better our country we want these ideas to better the lives of every single American, despite the fact that some of them might not like us for it. They just don't understand the policies. So um, 
I'm glad that Turning Point is teaching these young ladies, you know, why our policies are correct, why we're right, and um, and how to talk to other young people to to bring them to our side as well. Okay, and um, you know, I've been here for. Well, just today and just seeing the different speakers and everything as far as how it, you know, how they're being an encouragement to all the young women here. And it's definitely it's something, it's turn the point in general is definitely a, a, you know, a place I admire. So, so I, I definitely am looking, you know, looking forward to the next couple of days. And um, I just want to also ask you, you also, I guess, blog for Hispano. Hispano Post. Hispano Post, yes. Now, I just totally <laughs> messed that up, but yeah, my, I guess you said my Spanish is more in poco. <laughs> so, so yeah, that, yeah um, just, so tell us about, about that. So, uh, recently, I'd say about 10 weeks ago, 11 weeks ago, um, I was brought on by Hispano Post. It's a news media based in Miami a Hispanic uh, news media based in Miami that reaches out to Latin America, to Spain, to the Caribbean, to North America, and tries to reach a mainly Hispanic audience. And they are not as biased as uh, major Hispanic news channels here in the United States, like Univision and Telemundo. They're extremely, uh, they do very good reporting. And they, in fact, they give me the opportunity to do weekly opinion videos on any topic that I like. So I pick, you know, controversial topics, hot topics, um, and speak about them with uh, my conservative point of view. And they broadcast that to Latin America, to North America, to Spain. And, you know, I think it does a great job of, of educating other people about conservative values. And... In this country in particular, I think that the Hispanic community does not have that opportunity since, you know, Hispanic media is kind of like monopolized by Univision and Telemundo. And if those two news channels see that there's up-and-coming news media sources that are doing a good job, they try to tear them down. Just last week, I was personally attacked by um, a Univision news anchor and reporter who saw one of my videos on immigration in which I discussed how immigration is not the solution to problems in countries that, you know, may have a poor economy, might have corruption, are are not in good shape, and why this doesn't benefit Hispanics in the country, why it doesn't uh, benefit the immigrant themselves, giving facts, uh, citing statistics and facts, and so he, he posted on Twitter, oh, you know, this is not a legitimate news source. Yeah, a guy from Univision, <laughs> uh, the Clinton mouthpiece, um, said that everybody should unfollow Hispano Post. So the kind of encouraging other Hispanic uh, viewers to not even look at another news source based on an opinion piece that I gave. Um, and obviously he didn't try to debate facts or anything. In fact, I tweeted at him and asked, why don't you bring me on the channel and why don't we do a live debate, unlike other debates, which are always pre-recorded and then edited. Um, And we'll talk about immigration and have a civil discussion. Of course, that invitation was not exactly addressed. Um, But it goes to show that Hispano Post is doing an amazing job 
um, at reaching out to the Hispanic community. And, you know, they are fair. They're not biased to the left in any way, shape, or form. In fact, most of the stuff that they do uh, post about is, you know, Venezuela, the situation over there, how it got to be like that. And so they espouse principles of liberty, which uh, Hispanics may have been hearing now for the very first time. So they're doing a great job, and I'm very happy to be working with them. Well, I, I know as a black conservative, I definitely can understand, you know, having the major networks based that supposedly represent a community. So for me, it would be like BET or, um, I, yeah, that would be the major one. But then you have like NAACP, you have all these other, you know, organizations who claim to be representing the community and then but basically just are very biased and mm-hmm. and so I could definitely understand where, where you're coming from but I do want to ask despite what the reception you got from you know the um, media that is supposed to be representing the community what about the community in general the you know the you know the working class people that how do they respond as far as uh, your post so are, are we talking about my Hispanic Post post or just my general work with Turning Point? <laughs> oh, well, so yeah, the yeah, Hispanic Post, yeah. Okay, so um, I get words of encouragement, actually, from a lot of people who have seen these videos and they message me on Twitter, on Facebook, and they're like, you know, you're doing a great job. You are helping the conservative movement, which is desperately uh, needed to in South America and these countries that it needs to be supported. And I think what makes me different is, you know, I'm a bit younger, I'm a woman, and to be a mouthpiece for the Hispanic community that, you know, that supports freedom and conservative values, that's very rare to do. Um, Usually just see them on Univision and tell them, (laughs) you know, like, (laughs) I'll have the same views. They all have different hair colors and cute robe, you know, cute different clothes every day. But um, it's the same. It's a Clinton mouthpiece. And so it's refreshing for them to hear that. And they're very appreciative that I'm able to get through to other members of their community because they feel desperate. They feel desperate that there's there's no way of getting across to their fellow citizens, to their neighbors, about these ideas, and they see their countries, you know, uh, being corrupted by these socialist big government policies and politicians, and they they don't know pretty much what to do. I had somebody from Peru ask me, "How do I how do I start grassroots activism down here? Because that's what we need, you know, like what you guys have over there." Mm-hmm. And so it's it's like a glimmer of hope. Um, and if we can get these videos to go viral, um, even though they're short, they present good ideas, good talking points that maybe people have never heard before. And if they go viral within the Hispanic community, then I think that would be amazing because they would see, hey, it's not just a handful of us that believe this. It's a lot of us that believe this, and it makes sense. Yeah, and well, and now, I guess, the reception for Turning Point USA. <laughs> <laughs> so, um, uh, Turning Point USA is, in my opinion, the best conservative organization in the country. It's the becoming best. a fact. Yeah, the, yeah, the, it's results. It's not that I'm saying it just because I work for them, <laughs> but... Oh, the you, know, well, you know what, I, I don't. And I agree with you. (laughs) (laughs) The proof is in the pudding. You know, Turning Point USA 
gets results, and we get new members recruited every single day. We have chapters growing every single day. We bring in people from the other side because we tell people we tell people to think. We teach them how to think. We don't tell them what to think. Um, and so we bring people from the other side, telling them, you know what? Um, if you believe in individual freedoms, if you believe in your rights, if you think that your personal rights overpower that of the community or everybody else around you, um, then you know you're conservative. That's all we care about. Literally, <laughs> we want you to have more freedom. How can you say no to that? And we want you to apply that principle across the board. And we have we have so many people. Uh, within our chapters and within our movement, that they can't even do the whole um, stereotyping and putting people in a box thing anymore. Because what are they going to say about me? Oh, you know, you're you're all white, racist. No, I'm Hispanic. I'm also a woman, so you can't <laughs> use those cards on me. Um, <laughs> and you know, some of the chapters I work with in South Florida, most of them. Um, are in minority majority schools, so obviously uh, executive board uh, members in those chapters are also minorities. They're black, they're Hispanic, you know. They're even foreign students which come here and understand these values and they want to, to support them as well. And so they can't use those cards anymore. And Turning Point really capitalizes on that. For example, we have materials also in Spanish you know, uh, posters, stickers that say, me encanta el capitalismo, I love capitalism. And Hispanics in this country can wear them, can show, you know, where, where they stand. And I think it's one of the few organizations that have reached out to so many, so many diverse people in this country. And so I, I absolutely love working with Turning Point. We just put on and we, well, we're still not done, uh, but we just put on the largest uh, young women's summit in the country. You know, no other organization has been able to do that. This has been an extreme success, um, and it's insane that this is the point we've gotten to after only five years of existence, whereas there's been other conservative organizations, which, of course, we should help out, and we work together, definitely, um, but it's crazy. Only after five years, we are on top, and we have brought in so many more people into into the movement. Yeah, and uh, Ashley, um, so being the South Florida field director, um, I guess, well, first tell us where you're at, um, uh, get yourself, in South Florida. Where I work? Um, well, yeah, what's my... Which, uh, well, I guess which campus in particular. Oh, okay, so basically I work in the... Miami-Dade County and Broward County area, and so and now, is just now, I expanded into the Broward area, but before that, I was working in Miami-Dade County, and so uh, schools that I worked with included Florida International University, the University of Miami, Miami-Dade College campuses, of which they are a lot, since they are the largest community college in the country, um, Bear University, St. Thomas University, and in a short amount of time, We've started chapters in most of those universities, and most are in the works, if not already registered. And that's just in the year that I've been working with Turning Point USA. So, and, um, and how are all those chapters doing? So, at least the ones that, yeah. that are established. So, at Florida International University, we are the largest uh, club on campus with almost 3,000 members. Hold up. <laughs> Say that one more time. 
with almost 3,000 members, 3,000 conservatives on a college campus. 3,000, now, and you yeah, 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 that you know. <laughs> that we know, that we've identified and brought them in and, and signed them up and, you know, and that they support our cause. We still got a ways to go. We want to sign up most of the school. <laughs> now, and now, now, think about that. When we hear about liberals on, you know, the college campus, it's basically all synonymous. You know, you say, you know, universities, that basically that mean liberals. But yet, here you are at Florida International, you know, um, yeah, Florida International University, and you have the largest club in the campus. Yeah, absolutely. And, uh, you know, we protect our, our students, like, information, so we don't like posts. Because there's this uh, there's this online registry of everybody who signed up for every club with like their information, and we try to protect our our students' privacy because you don't want to get yeah. uh, you don't want them be getting doxxed or, or anything like that. And I know from experience because I've had students from Florida International University literally threaten me, mm. <laughs> found me on social media and like try to threaten me and all that stuff. So we want to take good care of our members. Um, but yeah, we have a ton of students and it's extremely successful. It's kind of like a cult thing you know um some most of the times now i go up to people and i'm like hey i'm with turning point usa i'm like they're like yeah we're already signed up with you (laughs) um and they flash the stickers on the buttons that we've already given them and they have on their laptops on their phones and this is this is kind of like how we culturally take over the campus because if we have enough students in the different classes with their you know this this laptop was brought to you by capitalism stickers on their laptop and when they open that up in class they're pretty much advertising for capitalism in a way that's like irrefutable what you know if there's a socialist on campus and in their class what are they going to say to that there's it's you know it's a point where they really can't debate if they want to live by the principles well they might as well throw out their laptop <laughs> you know yeah. so um that's that's how we win the common sense battle and since there's many of us and we're outspoken we're good students um well i was a student until last year i graduated um congratulations yeah thank you so it's they're people that other students can look up to and they they empower other students as well so um now you're in south florida and having you know having such a large group being the uh, with the largest group Mm -hmm. now i'm just you know just thinking how is that in comparison to the other chapters, you know, nationwide, as far as the growth in in light of, the, I guess, of mm-hmm. the campus. So, um, the chapter at Florida, Interna- at Florida International University is relatively young. It I started it, um, I think, about two semesters ago is when we officially became a registered chapter. And imagine that, in two semesters, 3,000 members have been recruited. And that means that doesn't mean we should stop there because students graduate they leave and new ones come in so you know that's why we have to keep recruiting because maybe eventually some of the members we have will no longer be active and we need to bring in more people but it's still a huge chapter and i'm sure there's other chapters across the country which are even larger and they have even more members signed up doesn't necessarily mean that everybody shows up to every meeting because everybody has different schedules um, but people that support our cause that are members and that try to show up to, to the meetings when, when possible, when there's events, uh, we have a lot of those. And across the country, there's extremely strong chapters like that as well, too. Yeah, so it definitely, would, uh, I guess, will be kind of like the, the, as you said, the silent majority. You definitely see that 
and when you th- talk about these numbers, because it, it's something you never would have thought about as far as having such a large group in such mm-hmm. a what you would think would be a very liberal campus, regardless. Yeah, where and it is. once you become that large, you're kind of a force to reckon <laughs> to be reckoned with. Um, administration recognizes that there's a large, now vocal and empowered group of conservatives on campus, and they'll they'll try you a lot less <laughs> so uh they they're they're very helpful actually at florida international university and they they help us plan our events and and things like that we haven't had any major issues with administration thankfully um but that's also because there's power in numbers um and we might get flack from other organizations that you know might call us hateful things but they don't they're not able to to back it up and um they they recognize us on campus for example we we were featured in the front page of the school newspaper last semester as you know new conservative chapter new right-wing club on campus front page and so that helps us recruit even more (laughs) i literally picked up the newspaper articles and like i pass them out and like hey you know this is the work we're doing (laughs) join us (laughs) and you know that what you're talking about is um is basically what turner point should be doing Mm -hmm. you know and and is doing and as far as just growing in you know on campus and just basically spreading yeah and kids love it because like i said we teach them how to think we don't tell them what to think and we bring in people that might be republican that might be libertarian that might be a combination of both that might you know agree with most of our policies but not all of them and that's that's fine we don't we don't put people in boxes you know i i personally am a republican um but I don't expect people who agree with a lot of my values to be Republican. I don't tell them, hey, if we're to be conservative, then you have to be a Republican and you have to stand by everything your Republican politician says just because they have an R next to their name. Um, And especially young people, they don't like to be put in boxes. They don't like to be labeled. So if you tell them, hey, join this party and, you know, we're fanatical about this party, um, they're like, mm, you know, <laughs> I think I can think for myself. Um, and that's why Turning Point attracts a, a lot of people, I think. So the last question I've asked everyone is, so the themes have been you know, be brave, be bold, be principal, and be a leader. So what um, what would you say to encourage other young women who are maybe on the fence as far as being politically active? So know that there's a lot of resources available for them. I think um, I've, we heard a lot of the stories uh, back in the in the auditorium before that there's a lot of obstacles to being a conservative woman. And if you're a student even more, you know, you have those liberal professors that really just want to tear you down. And they do so by uh, targeting you, by uh, hurting your grades, things like that. Um there's resources to fight back, (laughs) you know. You don't just have to take it. You have to take the steps to make sure that you don't get trampled on. You have to be bold. Um, If there is a clear injustice, if your teacher is discriminating against you, document it. There's, there's a bunch of lawyers that will fight your case for free and will sue <laughs> the crap out of you, of the school or the professor, and, and you'll be on with your life, and you'll be emboldened to take on the next fight. And I promise you that after that, 
I think professors in the school would think twice about messing with you. And know that there's other girls that have done the same, that, you know, have taken people uh, to court, that have taken them, you know, on and have succeeded. And all that takes is to be bold and to ask for help because there's a ton of resources. There's people in line waiting for you to give them a case, you know. Um, the Foundation for Individual uh, Rights in, in Education, FIRE, um, they they have amazing lawyers for, for that too. And uh, there's one specific guy, I forgot his name, he comes to a lot of Turning Point uh, conferences and, and events, and he tells he tells us, you know, my motto is, I sue schools, <laughs> and that's what he's there for. And um, so, you know, girls need to, to be empowered by each other and, and not be afraid to take on battles because after the first one, the rest of them are going to be pretty easy. I know one resource I'm thinking of um, as far as dealing with professors is Professor, uh, Professor Watchlist, I think. Is something is uh, I think that's something as far as Turning Point has, mm-hmm. where you know if you have a professor that's basically kind of doing the same thing mm-hmm. that you were saying, mm-hmm. you can kind of you know let them know about it. That, that was just one resource I was thinking yeah. of. Yeah. Uh, so I, I don't remember the, the professor's name. So that these are a group of lawyers, a team of lawyers that dedicate themselves to that, and you know they've they come and they speak to us and they give us their personal phone numbers, and it's it's all there. All you have to do is, is look for it. Okay. Well. Thank you so much for your time. So. No problem. It's been it's been fun, uh, and and hopefully you know we can see more women join the conservative movement. And we're here waiting for you with open arms. So thank you so much for this. Yes, you hear that? They're waiting for you. So go go ahead and sign up with Turn Point USA. Mm-hmm. Oh. Thank, thank you. you so much. And thanks to Drina for joining us. And um, speaking of of empowered. We'll have the founder of Empowered, Antonio Okafor, with us um, on, well, tomorrow night. Got kind of get used to trying to say tomorrow night because I'm so used to just like, you know, Tuesday and Thursday format. So, yeah, so uh, definitely thanks to Amy, Leo, Drena for joining us. And like I said, we'll be back again tomorrow with part three. And, you know. Guess we just ended off right there and just to say until well huh yeah until tomorrow <laughs> we'll chat with you later Guys, as we get older, we all start to notice minor changes in sexual performance. It happens, but you can stop Mother Nature. 
Whether you're just starting to develop erectile dysfunction symptoms or are suffering from chronic ED, call Metro Men's Health. Skip the pills and injections. They're only temporary and lose effectiveness over time. Metro Men's Health treats the root cause of ED, lack of blood flow, so it works long-term. Metro Men's Health uses the most advanced and clinically proven wave therapy on the market to actually repair aging blood vessels and restore them to a younger you. Get your spontaneity and your confidence back with safe, effective treatment from Metro Men's Health. Visit MetroMensHealth.com or call 833-687-0700. Don't let ED get worse. Call Metro Men's Health today. 833-687-0700. 833-687-0700. Guys, as we get older, we all start to notice minor changes in sexual performance. It happens. But you can stop Mother Nature. Whether you're just starting to develop erectile dysfunction symptoms or are suffering from chronic ED, call Metro Men's Health. Skip the pills and injections. They're only temporary and lose effectiveness over time. Metro Men's Health treats the root cause of ED, lack of blood flow, so it works long-term. Metro Men's Health uses the most advanced and clinically proven wave therapy on the market to actually repair aging blood vessels and restore them to a younger you. Get your spontaneity and your confidence back with safe, effective treatment from Metro Men's Health. Visit MetroMensHealth.com or call 833-687-0700. Don't let ED get worse. Call Metro Men's Health today. 833-687-0700. 833-687-0700.